You're listening to the Driving Confidence Podcast for drivers who want to be calm and confident on the road. We will be sharing tips, stories and advice to beat driving nerves and anxiety and build your driving confidence. Whether you are just starting out as a learner or have had your driving license for years, if you want to transform how you feel about driving, this podcast is for you. In today's episode, we're delighted to have on Kate Muir, who's the author of Everything You Need to Know About the Menopause and the producer of two Davina McCall menopause documentaries for Channel 4. And her next book is Everything You Need to Know About the Pill. So welcome, Kate. Thank you for having me on. And I'm very interested in the crossover between driving and menopause and perimenopause, having experienced it myself. Yeah, can't wait to come back to that story, actually. <laughs> so, shall I pop a little bit of context in here? Yes. This is us continuing with speaking to people, looking more into some of the mystery causes of driving anxiety. So, those times when somebody has been driving for years, maybe, and then all of a sudden, apparently out of the blue, not necessarily because of something that's happened with their driving, that they say that they're hit by mystery anxiety. And that then goes on to become driving anxiety. And obviously, we felt that hormones, perimenopause, menopause could be a really good candidate for this. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at what menopause does to women, and and I'll also explain it a little bit here, is that basically when your hormones run out around the age of 51, in that period before that sort of 51 sort of empty moment, you've got the perimenopause and your hormones are shifting up and down estrogen and progesterone. And progesterone in particular begins to descend and that prevents anxiety in a lot of women. So when women have progesterone deficiency, they wake up at 4 a.m. in their late 40s panicking about things. They can't get back to sleep. They've got a big list of things in their head. They're multitasking. They're worried about their family. They're worried about their mom. They're worried about their work. And they're worried about their driving probably at the same time. So they've got this overload, they've got this anxiety, and they've got this hormonal loss. And we didn't understand, I don't think, until recently and until we did all this research in the last few years, the extent to which hormones affect your brain. It's not just the hot flushes. It's far, far more so we did a study. I, I made the second Davina McCall program, Sex, Mind, and the Menopause. So we looked into what happened in the mind in the menopause. And we did a survey of 4,000 women, which I think might be relevant to you guys because a lot of it was about mental health. So these women all around Britain, diverse bunch of women, not women who are talking about the menopause all the time, just regular people. And they said 84% of us I've got exhaustion or were sleepless. They said 69% have got anxiety, low mood or depression. And this was just after COVID. So I'm thinking that's probably worse than it actually is in life. But, you know, that that's true. And 73% had brain fog or memory loss. Um, and that's all to do with the hormonal changes in your brain. So I'm asking you guys, what do you think that's doing to your driving? Well, this is, as a driving instructor, this is something that I was going to ask and listen to you intently because 
It's someone that's teaching people to drive. We always say about the sleep side of things where people are sleep deprived and how that then affects their driving. They can't concentrate properly, although they think they can, but their function is it's just not quite there and they can't do what they normally do because they're just tired. Although they don't think they are, they just can't function the way they normally do. That's, as, as a driving instructor, that's one of the biggest things that when I'm training people in the fleet industry or company drivers, you know, that is one of the biggest things that I see is the sleep. And it's, it's you've mentioned it there with the hormones. And-, and then brain fog as well. So that idea that actually you're foggy at a time when you've got to make really important decisions mm-hmm. sometimes. And maybe there's something in there about that hesitancy that you get sometimes at junctions or at roundabouts or something that's a bit difficult. That you that you normally would find quite easy. Yeah. But now what you can't is like, why am I why is that difficult? What why what happens? I mean people have told me stories of you know, not being able to suddenly read the map and trying to read the map on their phone and it all blurring and not making sense to them. Yet they're making a journey that they've made a number of times before and they know what to do, but they suddenly get that kind of complete panic. And the minute one kind of panic kicks off, then other panics kick off. And, you know, you end up not reading the map, going to Sainsbury's, getting there, forgetting half your shopping, coming out and going, where did I put my car? Now, I know that happens to people normally, but according to my Instagram, which is called Menno Scandal, and I have over 30,000 people sending me stuff on Instagram, so it's a big conversation space, Um, loads of people are losing their cars all the time. I mean, do you hear about that? Well, I'm going to relate it to myself. That's what I was thinking. You know, I come out and it's like, where where did I park my car? It's like, right, is it right? So... I think this is where, I mean, a little tactic that I have is I always try and park in the same space. I always try and park in the same area. It's a car park I go to regularly so that I can be a little bit on autopilot. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of funny, but there are people who get incredibly high levels of anxiety, which take them from being, as you said, a normal driver. And I, I experienced this a bit myself that, to not being able to drive on motorways and finding the idea of driving on a motorway made them feel sick. I mean, I did not do it, but I absolutely had to grip my teeth and that wasn't wasn't the case before. And during my menopause, I got divorced. And so I had to basically, you know, learn to drive again. And a lot of the time, my husband had driven the car and, you know, because I'm a woman, you know, I'd sat in the passenger seat, occasionally throwing, you know, I stole these to the children or whatever. And so literally I was de-skilled as a yes. driver. That also happens. But then I suddenly, you know, having to deal with driving separately and driving kind of zip cars, I got on the corner of the street. So I didn't know what car I was going to get every day or whatever. And I remember being absolutely terrified. I have to say, once I went on hormone replacement therapy, which is estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, which is a female hormone, I felt much better. I felt much more confident. And I sorted out my life. And, you know, now I've got a new partner and indeed a new car. 
And, you know, my life is fine. It's fantastic now. But there was that really difficult period which involved stress of two things happening at once. And I think in midlife, people are not just suffering from hormones. They're suffering from their parents being ill. They're suffering from their teenage children being difficult. They're trying to keep their job. All these things, I think, throw you and if if you're not a confident driver which i wasn't really if you just throw me a little bit to one side you can really throw me off course i don't know if that's what you find in in the people who come to you yeah definitely yeah and this (laughs) what we've noticed is that when people come to us for help it's because they have to come to us for help so it's often when there has been a change so you mentioned getting divorced and then having to do all of the drive-in instead of sharing the drive-in and it tends to be when you're a married couple you often divide the drive-in up with husband does a certain type of drive-in and you do a certain type of drive-in so that's the common one but also when people have moved out of the city into the country and so they can no longer rely on public transport and another one is when people start a family so before starting a family you often don't need to drive you can get away with public transport and things and then when you have a family it's a lot easier to be able to drive yourself so we always see it as this enforced change and that's what makes people seek help. And before then, if they don't need to change, they just sort of cover it up mm-hmm. um, and muddle along in a way. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I was thinking about talking about, and it, it's almost quite technical and scientific, but it really, really matters. When you are going through menopause and your hormones disappear, there are hormone receptors for testosterone and estrogen and I think progesterone as well, all over your brain. So all the different, you know, we always talk about them as sex hormones. No, they're not. They're far more than that in men and women. They make our brains function. And the one one of the places where there's lots of progesterone and testosterone receptors and these hormones are going down is the cerebellum. And that's coordination. It's at the back of your head and it's your coordination and it's your timing. I don't know to what extent that would affect your driving. What do you think? Oh, I mean, massive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would, I, would have, I would have said because it's the coordination part of it, isn't it? Is you know sometimes you're going along and you, you know, you, it's, what are my feet doing? I yeah. have that quite. You know, with people that I'm dealing with, it's like, are my feet moving? Aren't they? Moving? Well, okay, I need to do this, and it's just a split second, and it's and that happens. Yeah, I've had that. I remember thinking, you know. A, B, C, you know, accelerator, brake, clutch, and going C, B, A, A, B, C, and having that <laughs> panic. And I have been, you know, I've been driving since I was 21. Um, you know, so it, it just seemed extraordinary to have that blank moment and that fear. And, and you know, I wasn't doing it in any other areas of my life in, in, in that same way. But literally a, a complete disconnect of brain from feet, actually yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing they're meant to do this but it's not and I can't move it yeah <laughs> and it's like they've been, they've been working on autopilot for all these years where you haven't had to give it a thought once you've got to grips with driving and then it's almost like a stutter isn't it where the the autopilot has 
stopped and left you to think about it and you haven't had to think about it for years. Yeah. yeah. And the other bit of your brain, also lots of hormone receptors all empty suddenly, is your amygdala, which along with the hippocampus and all these things, is your center for your anxiety, which I'm sure other people have talked about. But, you know, if that is not getting the fuel it's expecting, that's why we're experiencing panic and that's why we're experiencing panic in in the middle of the night. And one of the things I didn't particularly deal with when I was driving because I mostly had hot flushes at night, but what if you get a hot flush while you're driving? I don't know if that really, really puts you off. I mean, do you stop? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to ask you. Yeah, you're going to have to And I certainly, if there's been an incident, so if I've been driving and something's happened, so somebody's cut me up or made a little mistake, actually, you go hot and cold anyway. And of course, as soon as you get that sort of like that emotional hot and cold that runs through you, that triggers a hot flush like that. <laughs> and and so, yeah, and it is just a case of carrying on because you have to when you drive in really mm-hmm. it's trying to focus your attention at least with a hot flush if you're experienced in them is that you do know that they will pass or certainly in my experience anyway and i must admit i haven't i'm not at that high end of the scale that lots of women talk about so for me in my experience i know that my hot flushes will pass they will probably pass if i can focus on something else then I might not even notice when it finishes. Um, I certainly notice when it's there, but I don't notice it finishing. The other thing that happens is that women at this point in the middle of the night, they tend to catastrophize. There's very much a kind of, oh, my God, I'm going to crash the car. Oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to do this at work tomorrow. And then by the time it's sort of you get up in the morning, all that's rubbish. But in the middle of the night, you're really panicking. And I wondered if that affected people as well. I'm just going to jump in here to let you know about our Drive Calm journal. We've created a 12-week prompt journal to support our listeners to take action and improve driving confidence. The journal includes questions, prompts and exercises to create an action plan and an opportunity for reflection afterwards. Search Drive Calm on Amazon to take a look. We hope it helps. Can I can I ask a question at this point? Because we have this um, quite a lot where people associate their anxiety with driving. So something's happened while they're driving, but it's not actually the driving that caused the problem. Mm. And, and their, their association with where it happened is their problem. So they, although something else has happened, you know that. Yeah, so life stress, hot flush sudden anxiety because of a hormone drop and then all of a sudden like you mentioned motorways and it normally happens on either a dual carriageway motorway something fast and then it's like well i can't do that because it made me feel like this so i'm not going to do that is mm. that the case from i suppose you know your experience that they would start associating those emotions with uh, driving I think it could be dry. I don't know about it with driving, but I know about it with the rest of life around perimenopause and menopause. And that survey I mentioned, one in 10 women gave up their jobs and said it was because of menopause symptoms. Now, I would imagine 
one in 10 women are doing something odd in their driving quite possibly because of menopause symptoms and it could be limiting their driving or being more careful. I mean, the other thing I I, I want to make clear, isn't it, that we're not worse drivers than men. In fact, we're better, aren't we? Insurers sort of think that we're we're safer, don't they? But we obviously self-censor, I think, in menopause. And I, I don't know. And I can't help but think that if there's one in 10 women giving up their jobs, it's probably more than one in 10 struggling with their driving in that case, because to give up your job is huge. So the chances are there's more than those one in 10 struggling with their driving as a result, but they might not read what I'm... When I was reading your book at the weekend and re-watching the Davina programme, what struck me was that I don't think women will be aware that that's what the problem is. I, I've got a feeling when we hear from people, they just say, it's a mystery. I don't understand it. They're trying to think their way out of the problem. They're trying to find a solution that might then be a magic wand that they can go, oh, it was this and that's okay. And actually, even if we help them go, oh, light bulb moment, maybe I was in my 40s or I was in my 50s, This could that could have been me, that might have been happening to me. It's not actually going to change anything, but what it might do is give you that information and knowledge is power, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously for a lot of women like myself and women who are, you know, like work in the NHS doing jobs where they're 12 hours on their feet they're in theatre they can't sit at their desk and have a little fan there for a minute and that's going to solve their menopause problems they really need to be able to remember the name of the medicine they're giving and stand up for 12 hours and so for a lot of women HRT hormone replacement therapy is really really effective and also we were all scared of it years ago and I go into this in my book but the kind of hormone replacement therapy that I'm using and Davina's using and lots and lots of women in Britain are using is body identical and it's not made out of synthetic old estrogen uh, from horses urine and things like that it is made from soy and it's a copy of your own hormone and it does not have the cancer risk of the previous old-fashioned HRT. It is a more modern medicine. And it's also because you just rub it in through your skin mostly, if it's the estrogen, it goes straight into your bloodstream. It doesn't give you clots. It doesn't do all these things. So it's really, really good. And it's not like, oh my God, I can't touch that stuff. Some women don't want to have it and can't have it. But actually it's, it's you know, hey, you may be prescribing in the car here, might you? You can say, could it possibly be menopause and have you been to see your GP? Because it's not as bad as you, you think this stuff. And it's worth investigating in a way that the previous generation really didn't, didn't know that. And that only since we've understood what hormones do in our brains and our bodies and our bones and our muscles, that they look after all of that and not just the hot flushes. And also I'm thinking one of the big things that happens to women is joints, joint pain, back pain, you know, because estrogen is your your kind of oil in your joints, basically. And if they don't have it, a lot of women could get a stiff neck or a frozen shoulder. I expect that's also, I haven't even thought about all this with driving, but I'm thinking about it as we go along. But you maybe have people with physical pain. I don't know. Yeah, definitely not being able to sort of like turn round and look properly over their shoulder. And yeah, I mean, you're, you're nodding. You're, you're probably the person to talk about that more than me. It's, it's quite interesting because, you know, this is 
completely new to me in the case of driving, but I've now got a new perspective on it. And it isn't, I normally think, as this is me being a driving instructor, I normally think, is this someone being lazy that they're just not looking around? But, um, but obviously now I've got to, I've got to check as well, I suppose. Yeah. Are they able to? Are they able to? I normally do, but it's, um, I'm thinking slightly differently. Yeah. And I think actually, and you just mentioned about, oh, scribing in the car, bringing it up in the car. This was one of your questions when we were talking, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like, how does, and the Davina program was revelation to me because I just never knew anything about it. So it was like, whoa. And I've told so many people, men, go and watch it. It's brilliant. But my question is, as a driving instructor, what is it that I can do that, you know, people are with perimenopause or menopause or, you know, what can I do as a, a trainer to help them with this? Well, I suppose one of the things is for them to see it themselves. So I suppose you can ask them, when did this feeling of anxiety start? Was it when you were, since you've been driving or did it start two years ago or five years ago? What age, if you don't mind me asking, kind of are you? And, you know, they say, oh, I'm 47, I'm 43. And of course, people can go to perimenopause earlier. So 43 isn't out of the question. Neither is 26. You get some people with very young menopauses, so it's not... But um, it's mostly for people in their 40s that you would be looking at and 50s. And I suppose that also you can just say, I've done a podcast with this crazy woman who's written a menopause book. What do you think about that? We were talking about that. And then you're not making it personal to them, are you? But, you yeah. know, or you could say, you know, we've been reading this book or whatever. Or you can say, did you see the Davina documentary? Who knew it did that to your brain? Um, and I suppose by generalizing it and not kind of poking at someone. Mm-hmm. And then if they say... You can say, well, look, here's some great resources. Why don't you read a book and see if any of it's going to make or go to your doctor? And then, because they talk to you in a car, don't they? Because it's a very intimate space, a car. It's like being a hairdresser. Because <laughs> they have to trust you. And they all, you also have to get on quite well. Um, so it's it's maybe a space that you can use in it in a kind of really good way. I don't know. Yeah. We're an agony aunt, really. That's what we are. <laughs> I was thinking about because I'm now doing this book on the pill so I'm doing lots of stuff on uh, premenstrual syndrome and all the hormones going up and down during the normal cycle of a woman and I was remembering I, I had an early job when I was a student working in a hospital on a giant dishwasher that was a bit like a conveyor belt in an airport and all the dishes were going around And just in the couple of days before my period, when I was on that dishwashing machine, I just smashed plates all the time, right? (laughs) And after a while, we thought, after the second month, we thought, no, let's just keep her off the dishwashing machine for those couple of days before her period, and there weren't so many plates smashed. But I wonder, there's my coordination, there's my driving, it's affected by my hormones. I'm a plate smasher, but could I be a bad driver on those two days? I suspect so. I suspect that our coordination, because, you know, estrogen and testosterone are going up and down, and they, they definitely do affect your coordination. Um, you know, because those are the days you want to sort of hide under the duvet and stay at home. And it's worse for some people than others. And it's people, some people are fine, but some people, obviously, people like me get affected by it. Not yeah. seriously, but, you know, it was clear that I was not handling things well. <laughs> 
Stay away from the plates. Stay away from the plates. <laughs> and when I watched the pill revolution at the weekend, so they were saying then that when women are going on the contraceptive pill, that a third of them were reporting possible anxiety, low mood, depression. So when you combine women on the contraceptive pill, women going through perimenopause and menopause, that's a lot of hormonal anxiety going on that yeah. could affecting our roads and i also know that it's not just women is it so you mentioned kate before we press record that also some men well it's not quite the same but men's hormones levels do go up and down and in particular as you get older older drivers over 50 uh I think it's 10% of men over 50 have low testosterone and that has an almost menopausal like uh, feeling for them too. And so they get depressed, they often get very tired. And I was talking to a male doctor about what we call the andropause, which is when you're short of testosterone. And he said, I've got some lorry drivers that have to park after a couple of hours and sleep in the lay-by because they can't hold their concentration but they could when they were younger. And that was one of the points at which one of these lorry drivers recognized that his testosterone or something was wrong with him when, and then got his testosterone topped up to normal level and kaboom, you know, was not needing to take a nap halfway through kind of his shift. By the time you're 70, you know, your testosterone is much, much lower. And by the time you're 80, you know, as we get older and testosterone is all about spatial awareness too, and muscle and energy and being on it, all of which are probably quite useful for driving. So, you know, we've got to be sympathetic to each other, I think, men and women about this. And and I mean, I think it's amazing if you can give people this knowledge of themselves and be looking out for it. Yeah, definitely. And I'm so glad you mentioned the men and I'm, I'm really interested in the lorry drivers, but because I work in my day job, I work in cancer care. So I work with quite a few men on hormone treatments. And so they have very similar symptoms to menopause. So it is everybody, like you say, it's a people problem. We're, we're all, we're all, all people have hormones. Yeah. It's so interesting that the crossover between sort of psychiatry and medicine and driving licenses, it's just like you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought it. And I wouldn't have thought this a few years ago, but now we're putting the picture together, you know, and, and I can see from what you're saying and what I'm saying that, you know, it could be really useful. It could be a really useful thing to write about, actually, um, and do a piece as well, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the more, like I say, the more I was looking into it over the last couple of weeks since I've been in touch with you, the more I've just been thinking, oh, I really think there could be something here. I really, <laughs> I really think we need to do a bit more. So, and do some signposting on our website. And obviously this podcast episode, we're so grateful for it too, for coming on and helping us talk about it because you've got the information. <laughs> Actually, I've also got a great resource for you, which is an app that is called the Balance Menopause app, and it's free, yeah. and a million women have downloaded it, and it's got absolutely super scientific information that's correct from Dr. Louise Newsom, and some of it's without HRT and some of it's with HRT, and it tackles, you know, anxiety and meditation and, you know, all the 
so it tackles all the options because obviously some people will use other options but it's really worth recommending to people it's quite a simple thing to say and they can track what's going on with them and you know track their anxiety track their periods track the end of their periods whatever it is and get get a feeling for what's what's happening and then check what the kind of scientific medical correct answers are so so balance menopause app really simple yeah fantastic mm. yeah that sounds like a great thing for us to signpost mm. in our resources and sounds like an easy one for you to open in <laughs> well that's what i was just about to say I said, have you seen this app yeah <laughs> it's free <laughs> yeah. fantastic and actually for men um the person i was talking about who was the doctor who was talking to me about the lorry drivers he's called jeff foster and he's written a book called man alive and a huge and it's about men's health um, and a huge part of it is about testosterone deficiency, what to do about it, how to spot it. Um, really useful tool for men as well. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 we all share the roads together, don't we? You know, and this is again, if we all help each other, like things yeah. like this, plus driving, it, it's yeah, it's it's got to help, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and got... you're a community on the road. We are. I think that's. A... This will kick off a huge conversation. I'm really keen to put it up on my Instagram and Twitter and see if lots of people respond and what they say. And then we might learn something more, I think, from women's experiences. Because one of the things that's not happening with, with all this people's research and this and that is people are not listening to women. And the minute yeah. you start listening to them or do a survey or see what their answers are, we all learn more and, and get a feel that we're not alone. Because I think... Not feeling alone about this is quite important. Well, I'm feeling better about it. I think just talking about like like a, I, I don't think ten years ago anything like this would have happened, would it? You wouldn't have spoke about it. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And you know that is one of our driving messages through the whole of the podcast for people with driving anxiety is that they are not alone. That mm. this is a really common problem. That lots of people don't talk about so it's got so many similarities with the perimenopause menopause the way that people didn't talk about it they kept it a secret they kept it to themselves so yeah very common themes there you're not alone right well i'm glad we talked about it so kate when we got in contact with you was there anything that you thought oh i really want to talk about that or i hope they ask me about this is there anything that we haven't asked you? No, right. The only thing we haven't discussed is losing your car keys, which is obviously a menopausal symptom, leaving your car keys in the fridge, losing <laughs> your phone, putting your phone in the freezer. That is also a symptom of brain fog that everyone reports. But apart from that, um, I think we've covered a lot of interesting ground, actually. I, I think I think a lot of people will be reassured by this. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic and then on a, a last note kate can you cast your mind back to when you learned to drive what did you find the most difficult about learning to drive uh i don't really know my left from my right <laughs> i mean it has remained a problem i've got better uh but i'm not great and one one of my failed driving tests was turning right when i should have turned left I passed my driving test third time round. You're definitely not alone on that one either. <laughs> Great. So, Kate, where can people find you? I think you mentioned your your Instagram was again. It's Menno Scandal, all one word. 
Uh, and also pill scandal now. I've got two, one for the menopause, one for the pill. And I've got a website, uh, katemuir.co.uk. You can get hold of me there and send me messages there and things like that. But I also get lots of messages on on the Instagram and I'm on Twitter as well with Menno Scandal, same one. So it's quite simple. Lovely. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving up your time, Kate, and talking about this. And I'm glad you found it interesting as well, that you had some thoughts while you were talking there, thinking, oh, yes, and that, and that. So It's really important once we hear back from people with women of that age, you know, and they haven't said to anyone. I just don't think anyone's properly discussed it, apart from us. Yep. <laughs> We're trendsetters. They'll all be discussing it now, Kate. They'll all be discussing it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you so much again. Yes, thank you. It was lovely to meet you. Thank you. I think that was a fascinating conversation with Kate there. Yes, it was. And it's, again, opened my eyes to a few more things that I didn't know about and how that relates to what I do as a living as well and ways that I can help people become more aware of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, we started with that idea of let's explore possibilities for mystery driving anxiety. But actually that information that Kate shared with us is much, much broader than that. It was all about how our hormones affect our brains and everything related to that. And if our hormones have an effect on our brains, then of course that could have a knock-on effect onto driving. And Kate mentioned all sorts of things there that we hadn't even thought about that hormones would have implications on. Yeah, we touched on the subject of coordination, spatial awareness and I think the other one was timing, timing wasn't it? Timing, yes. So when the hormones... Decrease. There's got to affect those three balances, I suppose. Is that a word to describe it? I wasn't, it's, yeah, it? it is. It's all about hormone balance. And so we started off talking specifically about perimenopause, menopause, and they go on a, on a decrease. They decline. And I had no idea that that affected all sorts of brain function. So those decreasing hormones, Kate mentioned things like they can cause anxiety, they can cause sleeplessness, they can cause joint pain, as well as affecting things like concentration. Yeah, which is, if you think about driving, you have to concentrate. Yep. And we also touched on brain fog as well, didn't we? So, you know, this, I think this is a massive subject. I don't think we've really, I think we just touched the, the tip of the iceberg, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've just scratched the surface. And that's, yeah, and for me, it's now, it's, it's totally different reasoning behind what people are doing. I think in the car, for me, I'm definitely going to make sure I mention about the programme again, make sure people watch that programme, the the Davina programs. Yes. So there's two of them now. Yeah, there's two about the menopause. And then there's the new one as well about the pill revolution. So Kate also mentioned PMS. She mentioned the contraceptive pill. And she mentioned men over the age of 50 as well. So all three of those Davina programs, depending on your age, but watch all three of them anyway. And then as a driving instructor, you're working with everybody. So watching all those documentaries could be really helpful for you, giving you some information that perhaps you didn't know. Because I know I'm definitely going to buy the book by Dr. Jeff Foster. Yes. You know, that man alive. So if there is driving instructors listening to this, you've got to read it, have a look, find out. Now, the other thing there was that 
Kate wants to know. We were just guessing, the three of us, like you said just now, just scratching the surface, just beginning to think about it, opening up the conversation and the possibilities. And what Kate's really interested in now is, is this a thing? Is there a link? So have you been affected? Do you have a driving story that you think is connected to your hormones, maybe a decrease in hormones or an imbalance in your hormones? We need to find out more. We need to know your stories. So make sure that you follow Kate over on Instagram or Twitter and let her know. We'd also like to know as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's it's important for us as well, isn't it? I know Kate mentioned she'd love to know what's actually going on and is this a thing? Well, we think it is a thing, which is why we've done this series on mystery driving anxieties. Yeah, absolutely. We hope that you found that conversation as fascinating as we did. And we've included all the links for Kate and the books that she mentioned and the Davina programmes. They're all in the show notes so that you can find them really easily. Make sure to share this one with anyone else you know who may be affected or who maybe just might find it interesting. Don't forget to press follow or subscribe on your favourite podcast player and maybe leave us a five-star review as well, which will really help other people to find the podcast. Let Kate know, let us know your driving stories so that we can start to look into whether there is a link between driving anxiety and decreasing hormones. And so all that leaves us to say is, until next time, have a great day, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening. Find out about the different ways that you can work with us on our website, www.confidentdrivers.co.uk and begin to transform the way you feel about driving.